It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, my friends, to the Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. If you would like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. Of course, lots of news. Today is big news in South Carolina, where Nikki Haley is expected to pull an upset. No. Um... <laughs> you can't expect to pull an upset. An upset's an upset. I'm wondering if there's any chance, if any of you think Nikki Haley has a chance to pull an upset. Uh, of course, there's other news. That 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 story down in, uh, where is it, Georgia, horrible story. A young lady goes out for a jog. She is a college student, doesn't come back, dead. Turns out, we learned today that she was allegedly killed by someone who should not be in this country legally. Of course. Uh, anyway, Derek Hunter, are you around? Are you here? The columnist, the author, the pundit. No. The Mr. Everything, the family no. man. I'm not yeah. here. Good. I'm not here. I'm someplace else today. I want to just read to you a uh, <clears throat> about the the what? murder down in Atlanta. The tweet from the Atlanta urinal constipation. Breaking, a 26-year-old Athens man has been charged with murder in the death of a nursing student at the University of Georgia campus. An Athens, the 26-year-old Athens man. That 26-year-old Athens man is an illegal alien from Venezuela. Uh, but he's billed as an Athens man. Why? Because the truth doesn't help Democrats, as is so often the case. So they create something else. Don't you that love is it? unconscionable. That's in the Atlanta urinal and constipation. Disease. It's their tweet from 11 hours ago. Breaking, 26-year-old Athens man. Hmm. Was he a member of REM? Is that what's going on? Oh, no, there's a little bit more to the story. But uh, that's not how it works anymore. You know how that goes. I do know how that goes. You know, Derek, I had a story outside that I, and I want to talk about that case. And I, if people are interested in commenting on it, we shall. I actually wanted to talk about movies with you today. Uh-oh. There's a story out. I, as soon as I saw it, I thought about you. It, it Warner Brothers Discovery stock plunges as movie flops. The Color Purple and Aquaman <clears throat> sink the earnings over there. Well, and who I, goes? You know what we really need? Well, the movie. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to find out. Remake of it, singing this time. I, I wanted to see what you thought of when you went to see The Color Purple. Whether you liked it or not. Oh, obviously, I was in tears the whole time. Oprah's a genius. Um, no, I didn't go see it. I didn't go see Aquaman either. I didn't. I haven't seen the first Aquaman, and that's available to me for free through one of the subscription things I have. Wait a minute! I, you didn't watch the first Aquaman? No. I, see, Why not? <sighs> All you DC comic fans out there are going to DC comics suck. Aquaman is perhaps the dumbest superhero on the face of the earth. I am a Marvel man through and through. Aquaman, here's an idea. If you're a criminal mastermind where Aquaman is the hero, drive. Problem solved. 
congratulations, you just thwarted the superhero predicting whatever the hell he predicts. Don't go. And then we'll go to our boat and get the hell. Hey, wait a second, boss. I got an idea. Since every time we get a great crime going, we get thwarted by Aquaman, why don't we avoid water? How about a helicopter? How about anything? <laughs> I just, it's so damn stupid. I just don't get it. Oh, no, here come the minnows. We're screwed now. <laughs> okay, so DC, according to you, DC Comics. Superman can handle everything, okay? He can handle everything. It's just lazy. He lets Wonder Woman and Batman do something. Like, all right, you go ahead and beat up that one guy. I'll beat up these 400 of them. And then when we're done, we'll have a sandwich. Like, it's just <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. Did you see any of the Wonder Woman movies? The, either the well, yeah, because Gal Gadot's hot. I'm not stupid. I'm not blind. Um, it, it, it's bad. It's bad movies. The Superman <laughs> movies are bad. The Batman movies were bad. At least Batman's kind of compelling because he can get hurt. But if you watch Superman, oh, there's Batman, or there's Superman and General Zod, and they're beating, they punch somebody, and they go through 50 buildings, uh, and then they did no scratch on them. Like, there's no consequence to the fights there. Now, if, if I hit you as hard as I could, or you hit me as hard as I could, we'd go back a couple of feet, it would sting. If we're both equally super strong, shouldn't it be roughly the same thing? But, no, you uh, go through 50 buildings, you're knocking down infrastructure, and there's no consequence whatsoever. None. And that goes on for, like, 45 minutes. Stupid. Okay, what about, the, what about the color purple? Why didn't the color purple do well? Because Oprah. I mean, because you're the expert. Because I, I just want to get this on record. You're the expert. Movie, because America culture. is sick of being lectured about things and then we're also told look personally i can't i know i wouldn't i did it once but if i wanted to again i couldn't get dreadlocks in my hair right because all the social media and all the left come down oh, cultural appropriation cultural appropriation. uh a kardashian gets attacked because they braided their hair i'm pretty sure i've seen some paintings from like the 1400s where people were white women had their hair braided but that's beside the point you can't like chinese food too much or it's problematic. And so a lot of people are out there scared to death to run afoul of the left-wing mob, and they see this movie, and they go, am I allowed to like this? Am I allowed to go to this? What was it, when Black Panther first came out? What was the, the, the word that was put out through social media? White people stay away for the first weekend. Let black people have this one. I, was like, I don't remember that. Did I that remember really, did that, because I went the first weekend despite that. There's and no you were the only white to... guy in the movie theater, huh? No, I had another white guy. I had Brian Doherty with me. So oh, Brian went with you. Yeah, oh, the cool. Idiot, goes, he, idiot sets it up and then goes to the wrong theater. So we had to go to a later movie. I'm standing around going, <laughs> where the hell are you? He goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You told me to meet you here, you dumbass. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it just a whole bunch of people are wondering whether or not they're allowed to like certain things. Are you allowed to like it? Plus... We did the movie need to be remade. We're remade. I, 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 yeah. Used well, to be that we that. remade movies that were like fifty years old. the The original version was considered a classic, but it was also a shoddy kind of copy where there are pops and breaks and the film, obviously. And I go, you know what? It's really dated. It's nice and nostalgia piece, but it's dated. Let's remake it. Now it's like, well, it's been 20 minutes. I have no ideas. Why don't, here's an idea. 
why don't we do what we already did? And this time they'll just sing. And everybody goes, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Just take a pile of money off the, the truck and set it on fire. I don't care. So you say you're a Marvel guy. Yes. I don't know how many, I don't know how many reboots of Spider-Man there are, but it's just like, Three. are we rebooting Spider-Man for the 99th time? No, again? Still Tom Holland. Oh, the it's guys in the studio, both of them. Three reboots of Spider-Man. That's it's what like I said. There's three. It's just Tom Holland now. They're still making Tom Holland movies, and I guess technically there's a parallel. How many cartoon. reboots on the origin of Batman have we seen in my lifetime? Too many. How many have been interesting? Maybe one. Maybe one. Okay. And then let's see what else. Let's see what else. You have, because, uh, you know, I, I was a comic guy, but I grew out of it. The reason, like some I'll adults. tell you why Marvel is better than DC, and I'm glad my wife is asleep. Why? Uh, because she likes DC. I just don't, look, she's got oh, horrible your wife taste. We likes established DC. this. Well, she doesn't care about either one of them. But given the choice, she prefers DC. Or she tries to argue the virtues of DC. Like I say, she's married me. She's got horrible taste in a lot of stuff. But <laughs> the uh, Marvel is set in the real world, right? It's Manhattan. It's oftentimes. New oh York. yeah, because that Thanos guy—that's that's real world. Yeah, they, no, yeah. The guy that to... kills the the guy that kills the entire universe. Do you want that looks like the that looks like that looks like they ripped him off from the to thing. Make an ass out of yourself. It is set in the real world the real world settings meaning new york manhattan they, they go to paris they came to washington dc whereas dc is metropolis smallville middle-sized town burg central town <laughs> capital city like did did somebody who'd recently suffered a closed head injury name the towns it's so why wouldn't you just said it? it's it's obvious burg it's slightly less obvious than the other one burg it's so damn stupid that they just don't go, you know what, Metropolis is New York. Come on. What, what do you, what do you yeah, have to pay? Yeah. Royalty and then there's New the, York? Come on. Just. And then there's Marvel with the Silver Surfer and people that can stretch their That's way around. It's not a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who? The Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer and the Fantastic Four. They have yet to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Look, I'm sure your producers are really I read them in Marvel them. Comics when I was a kid. I, it's... I'm talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I kissed girls when I was younger. I wasn't sitting around reading comic books. You were doing that to girls when you were younger? Yeah. I How worked old? at a comic book store, but I was there for the baseball cards. How old? Oh. How old? My first kiss was kindergarten. Little freak. <laughs> you... <laughs> freak. I had a kid follow me with a boombox playing Marvin Gaye constantly. <laughs> 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 let's get it on. I don't know what that is, but let's do it. Let's get it on. And then, so, well, it was it was it was until like a, yeah. Really trying, I remember my first kiss. My sister saw it. Caught hell for it. Second kiss wasn't uh, wasn't until probably junior high. But you know, junior high. You, but I your first spied. kiss. Mm -hmm. Well, my first kiss was kindergarten with a girl named Stacy. Don't remember anything else about. And it you still kindergarten. remember Stacy? It was winter. I can pick her out of the class picture. She's hot for a five-year-old. No, we uh, <laughs> we had hoods on, you know, because it was winter time. So we and it was a clan rally because we're evil white people. But uh, we had the the little fringy hoods on, and we pushed our hoods together and kissed. You like, pushed your hoods together and you mapped out. No, this was in kissed. Michigan. We just kissed. There was no tongue. 
I didn't know what the hell that was. And then I, spent, I remember the first time. Oh, I don't want to get into too much. Yeah, stop, James. Well, I remember the first time someone explained French kissing to me. I thought it was, I was like, who made this up? This is the nastiest thing ever. What's the French? Why would, why yeah, would shower, anybody so ever do this? This is just totally disgustingly nasty. Of course, I was young and didn't know. He recoiled in horror. I'm going to leave it right there. He recoiled um, in horror at the prospect of intimacy with another human being. I recoil. I thought it was, who does this? I thought it was disgusting. Who would ever do this? Little did I know. Now, you grew up anyway. in New York. Yes, where, I did in civilization. Where did your fake girlfriends or your friends' fake girlfriends reside? Because in Detroit, it was Canada. It was easy. It was there's a lot of girlfriend in Canada story. Look at you're a jerk. You're a this. You're a that, and a whole bunch of things you can't accuse anybody of being anymore. But you didn't know they were or what it was at five years old. But you go, I got a girlfriend. Oh yeah, where? Who is it? Well, she lives in Canada. You don't know her. It was a perfect crime. Nobody could disprove that you. Didn't have a girlfriend. See, we, had, we didn't have that in New York because no, because because in New York nowhere else existed. But well, yeah, New York like Yonkers. Where, I got a girlfriend in Yonkers. Even Yonkers didn't exist. We're from New York. It was civilization. I grew up in civilization, so it was different. We just we knew New York, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the movies thing. I never, you know, I never saw the whole movie Color Purple. I stopped. I never saw the part. movie Color Purple either. I did. It, it was looked, just like, look, I can't take this. It looks boring as hell. Okay, it's I don't like even know the, what it's about. It doesn't interest me. Well, it's about b- black men that are just rotten to women. Not that that doesn't happen. Well, I don't like rap, so why would I like this movie? I, I mean, but I guess that's what it's about. Maybe some black women will call me now. That's not what it's about. You said I watched the whole thing. There are just, there well, are just I, some movies where you watch the trailer and like, it was the worst time ever. Everybody that was, I had was a covered girlfriend. in maggots and smelled like foot. And like, why would I go watch this for two hours? Where the hell would I? Misery. But it's a story of triumph because what? Right at the end, she loses the baby weight or whatever. the pro- She gets her act together and leaves the abusive husband after two hours of being punched in the face. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that story. Right. It was, and that's to me just what you just said about the abusiveness. I didn't want to see that. Um, but at the same time, it came out in an era where there were like the emergence of black woman movies and plays and all that. I had a girlfriend that tried back in the day that tried to get me to go see this play um, that was out at the same t- around the same time. It was, uh, it was something like for for colored women who something something suicide at the end of the rail, whatever it was. It was another one of these I hate black men. Things. It's a feel good movie and, of the year. Yeah. Uh, for colored women who considered suicide when something wasn't enough at the end of the rainbow or whatever it was. And it's just like, <laughs> hell no, I'm not going. I'm not going to see sales. that. I'm not going to spend, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to spend my money to take you to go see a movie that's going to get you so mad at me that after the movie's over, it's not going to be a good night. No, I'm not doing that. And I evaded that movie, I, that play. I never saw that play. Um, and colored then, girls co- who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, and it's artsy because enough is spelled E N U F. Okay, then. Wow, Derek, you're quick. Yeah, that was it for colored girls who did something, something, whatever. <sighs> wait, hey, you know this song, wait, Derek? Hold on, wait, wait. Let me get recognized. I know this song. Is this Betty Davis eyes? You are good. You are good.
Yeah, won some awards. Can Carnes ever year. do anything else? She had one other minor hit. She, she had one of those voices where you're like, this could be a sexy voice. I don't remember what she looks like, but it's like that little bit of rasp. Like when your yeah, this was huge. Just getting over a cold. Yeah, she had a she had a full LP, but none of the songs on the LP made it except yeah, for this. You uh, know, this uh, one I think was a standalone single. Lou Vega had a full LP. That doesn't mean he had another hit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this happened the same year that um, John Lennon and Yoko Ono won for Double Fantasy. Of course, that was after John Lennon was murdered in New York. Yeah. But this this was the song of the year. If you think about it, you can pervert this song into being sort of a Jeffrey Dahmer kind of female version where she's carrying around this trophy of somebody she's murdered. Have you guys seen there the music video for this? No. I don't remember it. Imagine it's horrible if it was made in like 1980 or 81. There isn't a single good video from back then. <laughs> yes, there was. No, they, what? Sorry, they Thriller. Um, it's a bunch of like 81, girls slapping 80, guys no. to the rhythm of the song. Yeah, no, this 81, Thriller was the first one, that was eighty late 83, that was the first one where they weren't just kind of standing around in a whited out studio looking like morons or walking down the street. There's yeah, well, a break, I'm going to look then, up, then, break, course, I'm look up this video and I promise you it sucks, I promise you. Okay, my, but my all, my other all time favorite is uh, Robert, what's his name, with the girls in the black dress, simply irresistible. Yeah, that's late 80s. And yeah, that video simply irresistible, and uh, he did another one. Addicted to love. Yeah, I mean, WABC. Oh my God! You mean you like the whole bunch of hot chicks in tight dresses? Shocking. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC. Oh, baby, from Santana. Yes. I'm down with that. Uh, Can I complain about Santana for a second? No, you cannot. Uh, I bet I could. Well... Just give me a minute before you complain about Santana. The reason we're playing this on this day, 2000, Carlos Santana wins eight. Not one. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, siete, ocho. He wins eight Grammy Awards. Eight for the Supernatural album. One of the best albums of all time. And of course, the sound? Absolutely. And Carlos Santana, if you listen to his playing on this album, and we're going to play some cuts from it like later on. If you listen to the solo that he does in Primavera, this guy gets better. I mean, the guy's what, in his 70s? And he's playing like he's in his young 20s. He just gets better and better. He's playing Maybe he's playing like he's in his young 20s. Help. Okay, let me explain to the non-musician. Yeah, please do, because I've never seen anybody get winded when you playing are guitar. Young. When, when you are young. There are people in wheelchairs playing guitars. The Rolling Stones are turned. Keith Richards is 83% pharmaceuticals, and he's out there win. playing guitar right now. I'm not denying that. When I say playing like in his 20s, 
when you're in your 20s and your 30s, your speed as a as a player, you can play with speed. And the older you get, usually you lose some of that speed because it's natural process of holding. Carlos Santana is natural playing process of with holding. The, of, of holding. A- aging. <laughs> Man, he's it's ebonic, man. Are you Joe don't be old man. Don't start. Don't it's start, yo. I've already started. All right. Anyway, it's a natural process of aging. You lose a little bit of speed. Not Carlos Santana. Mm. He is playing like he's in his young 20s at the peak of performance. He's just an amazing. He's an amazing musician. He's a communist piece of garbage. And oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Sorry. D-E- Excuse me, Derek. Just one second. Comments, please, directed to Derek Hunter. D e r e k. Yes. D e r e k Hunter. Now continue and tell us how Carlos Santana is a communist piece of garbage in your words. Well, he is a big, big fan of Che Guevara. If you haven't noticed that or heard his comments. About so. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay then. I guess you don't care. I guess you're all right with the murder of gay people and the murder of no. black people. That's okay. No, I'm not. Prob- you don't have to have a problem with it, James. I'm uh, sorry. Liberals are liberals. Am I supposed to be upset because liberals no, are no, liberals? No, 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 no. It's not. He's not like, you know what? I, I'm I'm Che adjacent. Or, no, he's a I love Che. I wear a Che t-shirts Che guy. And people have pointed out, you know, the guy's like a mass murderer. Like, yeah, but look at the picture of him with the 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 uh, the hat on. It's just so striking. And as far as his talents and that record, Supernatural, he barely had anything to do with it. Now, I'm sorry. I'm going to really piss you oh, off today. Here we go. There are certain people who they just put their name on a record, and everybody's supposed to go, oh, my God, everybody, look out. And the women are supposed to get sexually aroused, and the men are supposed to be intimidated. And, like, oh, man, women want to be with him, and men want to be him. And, like, I'm thinking of Quincy Jones. Not saying that these people didn't do things when they were younger that earned their reputation. I'm saying there came a certain point at which they decided to dine out on their reputation rather than the product, right, rather than what they did. Quincy Jones, you know, I remember when Back on the Block came out. Remember that record, Black on the Block? Of course I remember it, Derek. Of course you do. You were issued it. You were a young black man at the time. And really, by law, you, an act of Congress gave that record to everybody. Well, he didn't have a whole lot to do with that record. You were nuts. He didn't have a whole lot nuts. to do with that record. Let me stop. 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 You're embarrassing yourself. He did not you sing You are on embarrassing James, yourself. James, James, He did not Quincy sing. Jones is not a vocalist. Not, 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 did, uh, not done. I'm making a list and checking it twice. Okay, go ahead. I'm the Santa in this situation. He All did right, go not ahead, Santa. sing on it. He barely wrote anything on it, and he didn't really pre- – he executive produced it, which means somebody else did all the legwork, and he said, yeah, all right. It was his name. Like, this is a record with a whole bunch of nobodies that nobody wants. But you know what? If we get Quincy Jones to slap his name on it, we'll sell. We'll move some units. That's what happened. Carlos Santana, you, Supernatural. You look at the writing credits are uh, a whole bunch oh, of other people. Man. Oh, and Carlos Santana, which means that Carlos Santana came in. He messed around on guitar, and they said, all right, you didn't really write the song. You sort of improvised the bridge. We'll give you a writing credit because we want to get on this record. This is your big comeback record. We have a whole bunch of people who are going to be on here who are relevant, and you're not, and we're trying to bring you back. But the good songs, the big songs, smooth, 
There's no writing credit for Carlos Santana. The ones that people liked, no writing credit for Carlos Santana. Because they go, well, uh, uh, we're not going to give you a writing credit for this one. Why not? Because this one's going to be a hit. We don't really need you on this one. So we're throwing you a bone. I am glad that I shut up during that so that we could have this whole piece uninterrupted You're for welcome. posterity. I know. I know. And you, Derek. Not it's going to haunt your you dreams know, tonight, James, because you're going to wake up in a cold sweat going, oh, my God, he was right. Not only are you severely lacking in your education <laughs> and appreciation of music, you really don't understand how records are produced at all. And you have no understanding whatsoever. No, you have no understanding whatsoever of how records are produced. And you also have no appreciation for what collaborations are. You don't get the people that Carlos Santana got on those records. You don't get the people that Quincy Jones has performing on his records unless you are of a certain caliber to to get them where they want to be on your record, mm-hmm. number one. Now, you got, now you if, to pull if, and first of all, you mentioned back on the block. Mm-hmm. You have no idea of Quincy Jones' entire history, his catalog, which goes back into the days of bebop. Which is irrelevant which, to what I said. It's not. It is I not said because he'd done things when he was younger and was dining out on that and somebody produced his record di- and they said we need somebody's an, name on it. No, it is an evolution of a brilliant career that we were watching. Yeah. I, I'm going to let some other You know what? I, I, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to let there is real musicians and real producers that listen to this show. I'm going to let them weigh on it. It is not about the entirety of... Just Carlos Santana is a communist scum. That was Derek Hunter. It is not about Quincy Jones' entire career. It is about Back on the Block, where somebody said, we got this record, but nobody wants it. Who cares about this? Elda Barge at this point? Saida Garrett? What are we doing? Big Daddy Kane? Well, you know what? Let's get Quincy Jones in. We'll call it a comeback record. He wouldn't have, We're done. Come on in, Quincy. He didn't go anywhere to come back. He was always big. We got to take a break. Derek Hunter is with Why us. Why is he on the cover? He didn't write the songs. He didn't play the music. It's Why his is his album. name on the cover? It's his album. No, it's his. There we go. We can market. We can sell it with Quincy on the cover because there's a whole bunch of people like James Golden out there who will buy it going, oh, Quincy. Um, for your information, I didn't have to buy the record. Well, I know. It was issued to me. Just like uh, Peter Frampton Comes Alive was issued to every white just, in the suburbs. Just saying. Uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, with you here. It's Saturday morning, Derek Hunter. Toto takes us in, one of my favorite Toto. You, do, do you have anything bad to say about Toto while we're at it here? No. That's part of uh, Wizard of Oz. You don't get this kind of comedy for free very often. The 
Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Yeah. Birthday today, George Thorogood, American musician, singer, songwriter. Communist piece of crap. He, he wrote this one. <laughs> it's all about how he hates Ronald Reagan. Another, uh, you say this guy's a communist piece of crap too, huh? Everybody is. Everybody. Anybody who <laughs> sent me that picture via text that you just sent me is a communist piece of crap too. <laughs> oh, I just said, Derek, during the break, something that was sent to me that I recoiled. It is a, it is a uh, picture of um, Whoopi Goldberg and um, Oprah in negligee promoting the color purple. It is. You know, in some states, that's a hate crime, as you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, politics for a minute and other stuff. Uh-huh. Hey, did you know there's a new, there's another balloon, another high-altitude balloon drifting across the western part of the country? We don't know what that, I don't know what that means, drifting across the western part of the country. What states? But there's another high-altitude balloon is drifting uh, over the western part of America. Military aircraft spotted, investigated it. But, Derek, this this is the line that kills me in the coverage of this. And, and just tell me if this makes sense to you. Military aircraft spotted and investigated the balloon, but have not yet determined its nature or origin. And do well, they don't not want to shoot it down as, just in case they ruin some kid's birthday, right? That's and, But they don't want to assess it. Fully know what it is. They don't want to assess it as a threat. That's what they said. They don't want to assess it. If you don't know the origin, it if you don't know. It could be Instacart for a straight up hash from Afghanistan and you know, it's going to Hunter's house. They don't want to, they don't know what its trajectory is just yet. Could be the, you know, DoorDash crack. I just, I don't do, get it. I, I, I'm not sure how an enemy of this country would act any differently than how the president of the United States is acting. I really don't. I just don't know. How, how do you let this happen again? Another balloon. But this time there seems to be, it, oh, no, it's, it's just it's, another no, balloon. It's, you it's let flying it over the West. by being so weak that it happened in the first place. And you let it go all the way across the country, and you shoot it down in the Atlantic Ocean after all the data was transmitted to wherever they wanted the data transmitted to. And they said, well, all we got was a tisk tisk from this guy. There's literally no consequence for what we – it was – blatant it was brazen let's do it again let's do it again. Boom. just like look we've got joe biden out there he's talking tough oh alexei navalny is dead and vladimir putin will pay and we will make russia pay and they announced 500 new sanctions yesterday and you go wait a second i have a question i thought that we'd already established that vladimir putin was history's greatest monster and we would do anything to punish him and stop him over ukraine how the hell is it that we have 500 new sanctions to still impose? If we had done everything to that point, 
to punish him for his aggression against Ukraine, we should have zero sanctions left to impose, right? Shouldn't we have emptied our quiver? Should we not have tried to, uh, yeah. to punish him all the way through? And they go, all right, now we're totally serious. Why Why weren't we serious before? Why are there still – it's against other people involved in putting Navalny in prison. Well, okay, Navalny died while in prison, but he was in prison, and we were kind of against him being in prison in the first place. Why didn't we hit them with sanctions then? Why didn't exactly. – and then it was other sanctions against the Russian war machine. Well, if we have sanctions against the Russian war machine that we are keeping our powder dry on, why? Why? Why aren't we? Maybe the president isn't as serious as he proclaims. Maybe because for the sanctions to really have any impact, somebody in Russia, some oligarch has to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to vacation this spring in Tennessee. And on top of that, I'm going to bring every dollar I have, I'm going to load it on an airplane and fly to Tennessee with it. Then when they land in Tennessee, they will be they will have all of their money seized. I don't even know if they'll actually be arrested, but they'll have all their money frozen. That's the only way inside of Russia, inside of a lot of European Union countries, our lovely allies, a lot of uh, third world hellholes and second and first world holes that are not allies to the United States. These millionaire and billionaires are free to roam around and do whatever the hell it is they want to do. So. What is it? They just It just means they can't go to Niagara Falls. Like, are we really hitting them? And then it's only for a while. It's only for a little bit. And it's only a mild inconvenience for these people. Like if they're dumb enough to put their yacht in Rome, we'll go, all right, we'll take the yacht. Maybe. But you know what? There's plenty of water in the world. So that really isn't impacted by that. They might want to get that selfie in front of the Eiffel Tower. Well, to do that, all they need is a fake passport. They're in with the Russian government. They can get a, a fake passport pretty easily. All this is is domestic virtue signaling. That's it. That's it. If you're okay, really serious today about is it, this the, stuff would have been in place all along. Today's South Carolina primary. What are you expecting? I expect Nikki Haley to declare victory. <laughs> declare being the operative part, no matter what it is. She will... See, when you have no expectations, it's almost impossible to not exceed expectations. So she will claim that she has exceeded expectations and she's proud of her team and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll see what happens with her donors. At a certain point, even the most committed Democrat has to go, you know what? I'd much rather give it to AOC. I got to do something. I got I, you mess with it and you realize that the return on the investment isn't there. You watch interviews with her and you almost feel bad for her because 90% did you see, uh, did 90% you see of the interview cry? is, when are you going to drop out? When are you going to quit? How long are you going to you, embarrass yourself? Did you see Nikki, Nikki uh, weep this week? Did no. you see that? Uh, no. Yeah, she cried when she was talking about her husband and uh, she, you know, she started talking about Michael and she, and then she, we had it. We had the clip of Nikki crying. It's a, it's a long clip uh, okay. and it's, yeah. Am I supposed to care? Am I supposed to go? All right. Well, well I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, Derek. She talked about, you know, the the, the military. But Derek, let's listen to it. Look, let's if listen you're, to you're going to bring uh, if uh, you bring up listen, the topic uh, uh, that makes you cry. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for you. Okay. <laughs> you Already, bring, if you bring it up, I tend no to no sympathy for motives. the woman. 
I I'm running for president to restore a country that's strong and proud. That is why I will stay in the race after South Carolina votes. And to my beloved fellow South Carolinians, I ask that you stand with me. Stand with mm-hmm. your family, friends, mm-hmm. and neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yes. See the America I see. And remember Damn. that we can still unite and move forward together. Hear not with anger. Not with, with fear. Anger. Right. As long as it's but with you. faith and hope, like we've done before. Let's finally leave the past behind. And let's forge let's a that. new American future. New. This vision has guided every generation. It summoned Except me to Derek. serve as governor of this great state and as ambassador for the greatest country in the world. Under and Donald that same Trump. vision called my husband to serve in go. the uniform of the United Here States. Here we go. Here we go. He's a major in the South Carolina Army National Guard. Here we go. As I prepare for what lies ahead, Michael is at the forefront of my mind. The pause here is because she's waiting for the animation to have that nice to put in. Yeah, but, here, but Derek, we're not done yet. Here we go. And don't you be mean to Nikki, Derek. Don't be mean. I'm just cautioning you right now. Because Michael is at the forefront of her mind. I wish Michael was here today. And I wish our children... And I could see him tonight, but we can't. He's serving on the other side of the world, where conflict is the norm, where terrorists hide among the innocent, where Iran's terrorist proxies are now attacking American troops. This is Michael's second deployment. It was hard for us to say goodbye to him the first time when he deployed to Afghanistan. It was even harder last summer when he deployed to Africa. As every military family knows, when a loved one deploys, she's back. We start the year long prayer. Where is he deployed? It's a prayer for their safety more than anything else. Somewhere overseas. I think it's Djibouti actually. Where? Djibouti. Djibouti. Yeah, the the country on the horn of the uh, oh, Africa, I know. Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your booty, your booty. No, no, that's where I'm sorry. That's where Fanny is deployed. Your booty. Um. Uh. Anyway, Derek, do you Derek? Uh, do you think that the only thing, my first reaction, Derek, after I heard this was, boy, I hope those stories that the Daily Mail ran about her having <clears throat> relations with two men. Not one, but yeah, two. I'm while, not interested in that story. Just like remember, when I know. Christy, I just was. I hope Christy it's Nome, not like, true. Oh, bombshell story that went away. It's dead. There's no follow up. Nobody ever actually came out and put their name on it. I called BS on it at the time, uh, and frankly, I don't care. When look, when you nominate and elect Donald Trump, you can't really sit there and go, "Well, I can't believe that somebody would have an affair." Expecting <laughs> to vote for them. Okay, spare me on that crap. I don't care. Just like I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this and I'm like, I don't care. I know I'm heartless. I'm a jerk, but I'm not electing an emotional tampon. All right. I'm not trying to vote for somebody who's. Wait, a I'm sorry. Would you, I'm sorry. I missed that. Would you would you repeat that one more time? You're not electing what? An emotional tampon for the country. 
trying That's to what elect I thought the president okay, of the United States. You want to sit there and get all the sympathy in the world. You have my sympathy, but you don't have my vote. You have to earn my vote. You can get my sympathy pretty easily, but then it quickly dries up. I don't really care what you're going through personally. If you've got all this emotional baggage, and this goes for anybody, if you've got all this emotional baggage, deal with it. Don't come to us and expect us to help you deal with it, all right? It's it's yours. We've got our own problems as individuals and as a nation that we want to address. We're not worried about, okay, it's it's great. Your husband is serving. Congra- oh, fine. All well and good. Do you expect me to go, you know what? All those principles that I hold dear, forget it. She cried up on stage. She has the cadence of a condescending kindergarten teacher when she speaks to a crowd. I'm not not interested in that. I want to know what you want to do as president, and I've heard you talk about how we must have sympathy and empathy for this sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens and recognize that they just want a better life. And yeah, I don't care, okay? We have laws. Laws have to be implemented without emotion, without favor, without any concern. For, you cannot legislate for the worst-case scenario, nor should you ever try. She seems to want to govern towards that because she can be. She uses emotion to try and manipulate a crowd, which makes me think that maybe she can be manipulated by emotion. Mm, interesting. You lose me. On this day, 2010, 50 Cent sued over claims he unlawfully distributed a homemade sex video. <laughs> the details are seedy. Supposedly, he what? blurred out. I mean, the details are seedy about a homemade sex. What the hell you say? Yeah. Well, I will hey, not we be googling this one during the commercial break. <laughs> I'll take your word for this one. This is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now here's James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly, on seventy-seven WABC. 1947, Rupert Holmes enters the world. He's a half-Brit, British-American composer, singer, songwriter. First big hit, Escape, the Pina Colada song, followed up by this one. Him. He's also known for his musicals, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Got him two Tony Awards. Curtains. And he also had a television series. This guy is really talented. Derek Hunter is with me. I once did an co- hour on radio about the Pina Colada song. You did? I went through it line by line, just dissected it. It was, it was something to behold. I had never heard this one. He's known as a one-hit wonder, so... Oh, this was big. This was big for him. What? Where did this one chart? Um, it went up. It was. It, it never made it to number one. It was in the top ten, though. Yeah, he did really well with this one, Derek. Um, you have dropped a few bombs here. All right, quickly, Derek. I mean, quickly. What do you think the outcome is going to be on? Because time's running out, and I want to get you on a few things. Okay, PMS NBC easily win. All right, we, we passed South Carolina. You already called Nikki Haley an emotional tampon. 
No, no, no. Whoa. She wants um, us. She wants us to be her emotional tampon. We're not. Okay. Oh, that's even worse. Well. Okay. MSNBC is saying Biden's got a problem in your home state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. They are worried that he is going to suffer a lot of uh, lost votes within, how shall we say, the uh, Islamic community it's, or well, the pro-Palestinian. I used to live in Dearborn, Michigan. I lived there five or six years. Great food. Scary. I was there when Israel pulled out of southern Lebanon, and I'm, I remember sitting at home. I was renting the upstairs of a house in college, and it sounded like, like did the Red Wings just win the Stanley Cup? What the hell is going on? So I go out and investigate, and Pete, the crowds, the, the streets were bumper to bumper. People were honking, hanging out of their cars, waving Lebanese flags like they'd just won something and burning Israeli flags and spitting on it. And I'm like, oh, Israel pulled out of southern Lebanon, and I kind of I thought better of it, but I thought nobody wants to talk about why they were there in the first place. Huh? Let's just pretend that it was some sort of hostile invasion. That's fine. Whatever. Just get home. Eat the shawarma. Shut your mouth. It is a different kind of place where you watch the family walk down the street, and you're like, that's a really big family. It's a really long walk. No, 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 it's not. It's the men walking, and then 10 paces behind them is the ladies and the kids. Um, he, if you notice, the push to punish Joe Biden is not about the general election. They're not stupid. Democrats are not stupid. Rashida Tlaib is polling for voting for nobody or none of the above or whatever the option is during the, the primary when Joe doesn't have an opponent. Okay, it's right. literally the least consequences anybody could possibly impose on anybody. We're going to make this largely uh, symbolic thing. We're going to try to embarrass you. And then in a week, it will have been completely forgotten anyway. And everybody will come back home for the general election, or at least the leaders, the people who are saying we need to have another choice. We need to send a mess. As soon as the real chips are on the table. They'll get back in line because progressives are progressives first and foremost. They recognize that Joe can't come out this close still to October the 7th and go, ah, to hell with them. Let's stop being uh, so mean to these people who killed 1,200 of you. Just mind your own business. You've got to stop the genocide. No, Joe's heart is there, but he can't say it yet. He's getting there. He's getting there. And eventually Rashida Tlaib will be there. But Rashida Tlaib recognizes what she has to do. She has to pretend to care, too. So this is the easiest, consequence-free way for her to pretend to care. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, Look, well on that note, I really gonna... think she's going to go in the general election, vote for uh, Cornell, no. Cornell West? No, no, no. no. Of course not. Absolutely when it not. matters... She, they all come home. It's weird. Right when it matters, they all come home. Because they do, unlike Republicans, stick together on the big picture. Yes. Um, I'm still going back to this throwing out of George Santos, which I think is one of the dumbest political moves ever. Now we have a, all anyway. the high road gives you is a nice unobstructed view of your own defeat, and the Republicans yeah. always take the high road. Where can people find you, Derek? Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast, or just search Derek Hunter, D-E-R-E-K-H-U-N-T-E-R, the way the Lord meant it to be spent. Wonderful. My friend, the columnist, the author, 
He does a no-hose-barred, censor-free podcast mm-hmm. with it's adult language. Morning. It's up there, this saucy language. If you think emotional tampon was much, you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Thank you, We're going to check in with James Flippin, WABC News, coming back. Our number duo of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, our number uno, is in the can. Stay with us. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number duo, my friends. 800-848-WABC. I know people on hold are saying, why are you giving out the numbers? We've been holding and no one's taking my call. Okay, we're going to take calls in a little while. Thank you for your patience. Your patience will be rewarded soon. I'm going to talk to James Flippin first, and then we'll take calls. That's the way we do it. But thank you. Everybody on hold, thank you very much. And if you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC. Here's what's coming up a little bit later. Princess Di will be with us. Cannot wait to hear what our highness has to say about uh, certain events of the world. Later on as well, America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock, will join us. Your calls will be part of everything. James Flippin, my man, how are you? Good morning, Bo. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. James, i got to ask you about this. There was a woman who mowed down a New York police officer. She did it. it there's no doubt that she did this intentionally. Mm-hmm. She admitted that she did it intentionally. She hit him with her car, a black Lexus. The cop went flying. There's video of this. She was let go. She didn't have to stay in jail. Alvin Bragg and the uh, the New York District Attorney there they let her they let her bail out. Well, now she's been indicted. Sahara Dula is her name. Sahara, Sahara Dula has been charged with a slew of crimes: first degree attempted assault that should have been attempted murder, operating a vehicle while impaired by drugs. She was high, as it turns out, on uh, marijuana. At least that's what they say. And reckless driving. Was driving on the wrong side of the road. She hit this officer, sent him sprawling over the hood of her car. What happens here? What's what's happening here with this case? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, it was back in late January when this originally happened on Park Avenue here in New York. And basically, you know, cops were trying to, you know, kind of direct traffic. You know, there were some things going on. I believe cops were responding to a robbery nearby. And this woman, Dula, uh, who's a Brooklyn resident, basically, you know, wanted to get by, wanted to get through. And she just tried to go around the officers and totally slammed into one of them, knocking him to the ground broke uh, his leg. I think the officer also had, you know, plenty of bruising, but certainly the broken leg was the most significant thing. And the woman was more or less immediately, you know, taken into custody, like you said, freed on bail. I don't even think it was really that significant an amount of bail, frankly. Um, I have it here somewhere. It's like $25,000 or something like that. So, you know, clearly this is not only assault with a deadly weapon, but battery with a with a deadly weapon and you know um going further than that 
attempted murder, you would think. So it's pretty wild what amounts for, you know, the kind of crimes that you either can't or can or can't be kept behind bars in New York these days. And, you know, we've seen some of the fallout of that type of thing this week. Obviously, this is a story that, you know, happened here in New York and the woman's a Brooklyn resident, all that. But you saw that story, Bo, where the guy who's maybe possibly a serial killer, this guy Rod Almansori, who's accused of killing an escort here in New York City at a hotel in Soho, is being held in Arizona, and the attorney there is fighting extradition because she says she doesn't even know if this guy who's accused of murder in New York is going to be offered bail. Now, right. that seems kind of extreme, maybe, and, and potentially it sort of is, because we do actually, believe it or not, still kind of keep people locked up here in New York for if they're accused of really? murder. Really? I know. Shocking. Yeah, right. But uh, this is a woman, going back to the story of the cop being hit. Well, wait, see, Alvin Bragg is broke to, Alvin Bragg says that this district attorney, that the attorney out in Arizona is playing, playing politics, politics, and she's using this, she's using the victim here as uh, as fodder and all the rest of that. The, that is, look, I, I would agree with the woman, with, with, with the district, with the attorney out in Arizona. Nobody understands what's going on in New York. They don't get it. And so if you look at the news reports, she's saying, look, we're not saying we're not going to extradite him to New York ever. We're saying we're going to punish him first so that we know he will at least get some kind of punishment. Right. And then after that, then we'll ship him to New York. And if New York wants to let him out, they can let him out because we can't trust the the decision-making that's going on in New York, and I don't blame them at all, yeah. not one bit. And and also I think it's an interesting perspective in a lot of ways to hear from that attorney in Arizona, Rachel Miller, I believe her name is, because what she had made a point of saying in her, in her comments explaining why they're going to fight extradition in that case is that she doesn't think, you know, the New York City cops did anything wrong. And, you know, maybe she's got certain thoughts about, like, associate or assistant district attorneys here in New York. Because, for example, the case that you originally brought up, Bo, this woman, Dula, who purposefully hit a cop on Park Avenue, um, prosecutors wanted to set bail at 100000 And then the judge reduced it to 25000 And we know there's all kinds of laws here in the state of New York now over the last, you know, whatever it's been, five years where judges kind of have their hands tied in some cases in terms of what they can and can't do trying to keep people behind bars when they're accused of violent incidents. So, um, yeah, it's all very bizarre at this point when you think of, you know, I don't know, I'm a kid who grew up watching Law & Order and stuff like that. You think of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office as kind of like this, you know, bastion of trying to protect people and, you know, uphold the law and all that, and it's just a TV show. I get that, but... Um, my how things have changed from whatever that standard was and what we're dealing with nowadays. Yeah, the progressives and Alvin Bragg. Uh, bring us up to speed on the case of this nursing student who was uh, a 26, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, 26-year-old man, I think, has been now charged with it. Yeah. As uh, Derek Hunter pointed out to us in the first hour, the Atlanta Urinal and Constipation, that's our nice <laughs> way for the Atlanta <laughs> Journal and uh, whatever, they just they they say he's a resident of whatever. Uh, what's the real scoop with this? With yeah. this case? Well, no, I mean you you hit the nail on the head in the sense that um, even like the Newswire that we subscribe to here at the station, which has a little bit of a more left leaning bend, um, they say, oh, this twenty six year old man arrested in connection with the kidnapping and murder of a Georgia nursing student. By the way, 
uh, that student, 22-year-old Lakin Riley, whose body was found on Thursday of this week in a wooded area near the university. Um, the final comment they have in this particular story say, Police Chief Jeff Clark said the suspect lives in the area but is not a U.S. citizen. It's like, okay, kind of burying the lead a little bit in terms of, you know, some of the concerns people have with everything that's going on right now with the open borders and, um, you know, not really knowing exactly who's coming across and being able to vet in some way, shape and form exactly what's going on here. This is a 22 year old woman who died of blunt force trauma. Um, the guy arrested Jose Antonio Ibarra arrested yesterday. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. You look at the photos online of this young woman, you know, looks like many of the other young women we know who are in college right now and studying things like nursing. She's posing at, you know, various landmarks, looks like she's on vacation, and, you know, her life cut short at 22. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. It's awful. But, yeah, this guy, um, according to reports, is from Venezuela, and he crossed the border into El Paso, Texas, in September of 2022. And, of course, the open borders, Joe Biden's, we have 7 million people in Joe Biden's tenure. 7 million. I remember that that TV show about the naked city. This is one story, 8 million people living in New York City. This is one of the Okay, we have 7 million. This is one of the stories. And these stories are coming up every day. And yet, Joe Biden, Democrats are doing nothing. Now Joe Biden is saying, oh, well, we may use some executive order to try to bring some order to the chaos at the borders, when for his entire term he's been saying there's nothing he could do with executive orders or anything else. Here's another consequence, ladies and gentlemen, of open borders and what it is costing. This, There is nobody in the federal government that will be held accountable for this young lady's life. Nobody, nobody, and if we are fortunate as a society, this person, if convicted, that allegedly killed her, might actually, because he's in Georgia, might actually be held in jail, might actually be sent to prison, might actually have to be accountable for the death of this young woman. This is just tragic. It is just beyond belief. Her, the, the family... You cannot imagine what this family is going through. And now they know that the person, he did not know her. This was a case of opportunity. She goes out jogging, wrong place, wrong time, runs into somebody that should not be in America, and her life is over. Yeah, and I mean, just from a reporting perspective, it's worth noting also, Bo, you said, you know, the White House has kind of consistently said it doesn't have much at its disposal that it can do or whatever, but there were a couple of, major changes made as soon as biden got into office right he he got rid of remain in mexico that's right uh which was in essence a policy that said if you're seeking asylum then you wait in mexico and there was kind of a deal worked out uh between the u.s government and the mexican government in that instance and also title 42 which was kind of a you know covid type thing but at the same time uh didn't have to go away and was a method the federal government had towards you know vetting some of the people coming across and attempting to sort of control some of that flow and stuff like that. So, um, Exactly. Now, if you're traveling, and, you know, we're coming up on the Easter season pretty soon, hard to believe, but we will be in the midst of the Easter season soon. We'll also be headed towards spring break pretty soon. If you're traveling, (laughs) 
uh, and you want to check a bag, it's going to cost you. It's <laughs> I just can't believe the way that these airlines are. Anyway. Yeah. United Airlines now joins the fray. Tell us about it, Jay. It's it's not getting any better when it comes to the additional fees and, and just the, the exorbitant cost of flying and just kind of the hassle that comes with it. Um, United Airlines now announcing that it's raising its baggage fees five bucks uh, so it'll raise the cost to their first check bag up to 40 bucks. It's a five buck increase. And that's following a similar move from American Airlines and JetBlue. Um, if you want to check a second bag, mercy me for United Airlines, that's 45 bucks. If you do it online ahead of time, 50 bucks at the airport. So, um, yeah, so I can guess. Can you imagine <laughs> traveling with your family and you have to check bags? Can you imagine? You pay this money for the airline tickets. And by the way, airline tickets are not cheap these days. Mm-mm. And then you get to the airport. Oh, you want to check? Oh, you want to check a bag, do you? Right. Like, well. who knew that that was such a luxury? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it used you, to be like maybe you, you'd, you'd want to get a steak or something like that or, you know, have a really nice <laughs> cocktail or something like that. No, it's now you want to bring your clothes with you. You really want to fly with some stuff? <laughs> How dare you? You know, like, here's 50 bucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, again, and flying is just such a unpleasant experience by and large. I've often said to people just kind of talking about it in passing, it feels like we need some sort of breakthrough and innovation, right? Like at this point, flying is never, you're never getting that genie back in the bottle where it was like in and of itself, a luxury to fly, right? Like I know once upon a time, it was just kind of out of reach for most people to ever fly almost in terms of the price of it. And then things kind of started to change and they made it more, you know, um, like packing cattle into a, a, you know, train car more or less. And we live with it now. Uh, There's the ultra low cost carriers and stuff like that. But I don't know. It just feels like we need that next technological breakthrough in terms of moving people around. And I don't know what that's going to be. That's interesting. Uh, Yeah. That's an interesting premise. I am not a, a proponent of government in vet, like this high speed rail that that uh, Gavin Newsom and Joe Biden have come up with mm-hmm. the trains to nowhere that will never pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you look at some of the other nations and what they've done with high speed rail, it's it's just because they actually in in those countries are interested in actually moving people instead of enriching. Some of their cronies. Bingo. Uh, this, 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 this high, this, this high speed rail in California is a boondoggle. Yeah. No one, they, even when they were, even when they issued the proposal, they said it will never pay for itself. So why are you building it? It's yeah. just a giveaway of money. Yep. But if there were real high speed rail where it can actually move people from one place to the other in high speed quickly and it were going to be profitable, I could see that as something that many people would not be opposed to. Oh, and by the way, have some modernized trains instead of running stuff that's like 1,800 plus a few years train service. If you actually had comfortable cars, good food, and the rest of it, instead of, I don't know the last time you were on Amtrak, and I'm not going to knock Amtrak. I like the auto train, but the food is lousy. The trains are old. It's like, really? This is the best we can do in America? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I did actually take a train down to a concert in Philadelphia. I guess it was last summer. And, you know, I agree with you. It's just it, you can tell that it's not um, 
there's nothing exciting or attractive about the the rail car um you know the the pace at which you get there it's just kind of like slow and plodding um definitely not like what you said you get in Europe or you know Japan stuff like that and i don't know maybe it'll be the the Elon Musk hyperloop thing that somehow yeah that went nowhere <laughs> we need i need yeah, that something hyperloop. that could just like you know it's it's the middle of the winter right i want to get down to south florida so i need to say beam me up bo and then just it gets me right there you know what i mean we need we need some well, star there you trek go. we need some star trek action here james flippin thank you my thanks, friend thanks bo wabc talk radio 77 okay your calls are coming up and also later on just to warn you the morning dance. So be ready. Meanwhile, ain't nobody going to break my stride. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Stay with us. I don't know, Jimi Hendrix. Freedom. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Telephones. Linda has been waiting. Welcome, Linda. You were on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hi, how are you doing, Linda? Hey, James Golden. I can't believe it. You're playing everybody but Muddy Waters. <laughs> we'll I get to it. Muddy Waters one of these days. Thank you. Oh, man, I saw B.B. King and Muddy Waters in New York and Manhattan uh, in the mid-'70s. Fantastic. Anyway, I, I could talk about music, too. I love it. I love your show. Anyway, the most important thing is uh, we need one-day voting paper ballot, um, and that's because we have cyber attacks, and it, they may be getting worse, especially around Election Day. And we have voting fraud, which is rampant. And also, we now have a Chinese spy, or, okay, a Chinese national, I'm sorry, that runs around screaming Chinese, does not speak English. And she's on the Board of Elections in San Fran, in which case they changed the San Francisco <laughs> election law to have her on yeah. there. And she, she looks I've been like reading about cartoon. that. She, if you have to see I'm, it. She looks like a cartoon running around screaming in Chinese. Look, I don't want to talk about the way people look. That's a little, but you, this case where you have a non-citizen on elected to the commission on elections, and it's, it's absurd. But this is what this is what is happening around the country, she, and she doesn't speak English, and she's still on the commission of elections out there in San Francisco. I think it's the election commission. You're right, but let me just ask you about these these this one day paper ballot idea that you have. What makes paper ballot immune from fraud? How can how, because you how, can always if, go back and double check it? 
It can't be deleted. It can't be upped. It can't be downed. It's there. It's paper. Wait a minute. What do you, what do you mean it can't be deleted? They can be misplaced. Ballots can be gotten right. rid That's of. It's a little trickier. It's much easier to do it on the computer, as you know, especially and then with, I, those, don't you, with those voting machines. Don't, no, I don't know that. Don't you remember back in the case of Al Franken? Remember that Al Franken Senate race? Al Franken was losing. Then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. We found some ballots in the trunk of the car. And they pop up with these ballots, and guess what? Oh, Al Franken wins. This People that want to cheat will cheat using every means at their disposal. So I don't know that paper ballots are the answer to it. I, I do think that there has to be, look, the first thing is securing the voter rolls and making sure that, and voter identification. We can ask people for identification for everything else. You want to get on a plane, want to get on a train, show us some ID. Want to go buy some booze, show us some ID. Want to buy some cigarettes, show us some ID. Want your welfare check, got to show us some ID. Want your food stamps, got to show us some ID. Want to vote, oh, don't worry about it, you don't have to show us. It, it makes no sense not to have valid ID. And and you know the reason the Democrats protest ID because that is the one thing that we could do that would dispel everything. If you had biometric ID, where it where you have to check in with your eyes or with your fingerprints, you do it at the airport, those of you who want to clear the line, you buy that clear service, and by the way, that thing works like crazy. I love clear. Okay? Don't use this as a commercial unless you buy it. Um, I, but I do love clear. Um, you go through, here's your eye, boom, it comes up. All right, they walk you up to the head of the line. Everybody's giving you dirty looks. Look at that idiot. Hey, I paid for this. You didn't, so I'm at the head of the line. They go right through security, you get through, but they know who you are biometrically. Why can't we do that for elections? Linda, why can't we use biometric ID for elections? Because then they can't cheat. Uh-huh. You know, they, that's what they want to do. That's why we have to be so careful. But the, I, they still think the safest thing is uh, paper ballots, one-day voting paper well, ballots. You. No, no. two weeks later, they find another uh, truckload of, you know, of ballots. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just ridiculous at this point. It's ridiculous. Yep, it is ridiculous that many people have no confidence in the American electoral system. Ernest in Rockland County. Thank you, Linda. Ernest, Rockland County. How are you? Great. Good morning, sir. Uh, just a couple of things, really. I, I have a nuclear bomb here that we can go with the movies. Uh, the gentleman earlier was talking about characters, D.C. But first of all, you mentioned Oprah and Color Purple. I lived in Nyack, and my friend was Jonathan Demi, and he was the director of Color Purple. And my girlfriend at that time was the Mary Poppins of Nyack, Laura, and she raised his kids. So we were over there one day, and they were doing the pre-production of The Color Purple. Oprah comes over, goes in the kitchen. I walk in. Jonathan says, Oprah, this is Ernie. And she goes, she gave me the dirtiest scowl you ever saw. And Jonathan apologized. He goes, she's never done that. And she, it turns out she really hated white people. And, uh, you know, I, that was that. So Jonathan, huh? Jonathan, God huh? Oh, man, these stories. Look, I, I, there's no way I can even comment on that. She hated white people. Now he knows what was in her mind. Maybe she just didn't like you. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. She how how do we know what? No, seriously. How, seriously, how do you know what's in somebody else's head? You mean I take the, those kind of statements. She didn't like white people. How do you know what she was thinking? 
Maybe she didn't like you for some reason. Maybe she thought you were somebody else. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she got up on the wrong side of the bed in the morning. How do you know she didn't like white people? That's what was said right there. That's what they said. They said she does not like white people, and she scowled at me. And Jonathan apologized. Well, if she, if, if 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 they if it's open and like white people, then that show wouldn't ever wouldn't ever. Because let me tell you what, ain't no black people owning no networks back then. BET wasn't around, and I'm and I can't believe I'm in a position where I'm actually defending the Oprah. But that's the position I've been put in. True story. True the, story. I, I'm not I'm not doubting was a true story. What I am doubting is. When people make these assertions about other people and what they're thinking. See, I'm real sensitive to that stuff because I actually work with people behind the scenes who are very, very famous and who are always smeared by other people. Smeared. Oh, this is what he did. No, people had no clue what he was thinking. People make all these assertions about people and we say, oh, they don't like this person. They don't like white people. They don't like black people. I've learned to question all of that. You don't know what somebody else is thinking. I agree with unless you. Unless you ask him. She, unless you sir, ask him. Sir, she scowled at me. She scowled. And no, I, said, I understand I that. that Do you understand that I am not that I am not trying to say she didn't scowl at you? Yeah. I'm not even addressing that part. All I'm addressing is this assertion of the motivation for her scowling at you. To attribute it to race, I think, is I'm a skeptic. That's all. Okay. You're entitled. All right. Got to go. Okay, Thank you. Sure. Appreciate it. Got to run. Thank you. Because it's time for a break. But you're playing the wrong thing. Stop the music. Stop the music. We're going, we're going back from the next break with, with Morning yeah, Dance. No, you want it now? Okay, okay. Let's play it now. Okay, it's it's halfway through the show right now. This moment. All right, all right. All right, all right. get up. Everybody up. This is where we see if Tom has rhythm. Tom is our new trainee here. We're all looking. Come on, Tom. Let's see what you got. Oh, Tom got some moves over here. Yes, Tom has moves. Diego's grooving. I don't see Carlos. He's on the phone. Okay, he's accused. There he is, my man. TJ's up, we're all up. You know what's missing? One, two, five guys dancing and no women. You can join us, ladies, at home. You've got your choice of five guys. Four of them are handsome. One of them, me, is older and mature but we dance anyway the morning dance with chance to move the body bring the soul some energy spira gyro on wabc talk radio 77 your call is coming up 800 848 wabc a little bit later princess die will join us and America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock. Keep it right here. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Oh, yeah. From the Double Fantasy album. Woman. Oh, man. Well, everyone was tore up when this song first came out. It was shortly after John Lennon was assassinated, murdered here in New York. What a beautiful tribute. After all the crap that John Lennon took for being with Yoko Ono, what a beautiful tribute he left her with with this song. Won a Grammy that year. John Lennon and Yoko Ono, album of the year. Double Fantasy, 1982. Derek Hunter has weighed in on our last call. Derek says the original Color Purple was directed by Steven Spielberg, not Jonathan Demme. Also, in 1984 or 5, when the movie was made, I believe Oprah was a nobody, a complete unknown. It would have been odd for anyone to be a fan of her at that point. Hmm. Derek, thank you for that. Princess Di, who will join us uh, uh, later on, also sent me a story during that last, uh, during that last uh, uh, thing about uh, Gavin Newsom. And it was an interesting little story, too, about Mr. Newsom. I'll wait till she gets on. Uh, so we'll, we'll discuss that. By the way, there was a, there was a story about George Will. Anybody remember George Will? Let me just do a little test. Just ask the guys in the, in the, Tom shaking his head. You ever heard of a guy named George Will, Tom? I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm, I'm 23. I don't know if I'm old enough for that yet. Okay, old enough to know who. Diego, you ever heard of a guy named George Will? Not really. Mm. Sorry. Carlos! Where's Carlos? Carlos, you ever hear of a guy named George Will? Not really. No, nobody knows George Will. I know George George Orwell. Yeah. They know George Orwell, but not George Will. Okay. Anyway, George Will was a very prominent columnist. Was... He used to be the go-to guy. He was part of the. He was once upon a time considered a, the 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 icon of American conservatism. In fact, when Obama first came on the scene, George Will held a uh, a dinner for Obama at his house. That's where who was it that made the David Brooks made the remarks about how how Obama was so impressive because of the crease of his pants and all this. George Will was an icon. The people used to really care what George Will said. Not so much anymore. Uh, he's still around. George Will's still around, but like guys in the younger generation. George who? Anyway, George Will wrote a column the other day about Kamala Harris that FDR took care of, FDR took care of his vice presidential problem before the second term, wondering if if, if Joe Biden's going to take care of his vice presidential problem, Kamala Harris. And that, that little column didn't raise much, Sam, but I thought it was an interesting column. 
Uh, I cannot wait to ask Princess Di. Princess, here's a warning. One of the things I'm going to ask you about is this ruling in Alabama that finds that embryos are actually peoples. So, yes, Princess Di, among everything else we wanna, uh, we're going to talk about, I want to talk about that with you when we, when we get to you. Meanwhile, let's get back to the telephone, shall we? Uh, let's go to uh, Sandra in New Jersey, who has been waiting for a very long time, and I appreciate your patience. Sandra, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. Good morning, James. Um, you know, I read that this woman, Mrs. Cardone, she's the wife of Grant Cardone. He's a private equity fund manager. She started a beautiful GoFundMe for Donald Trump. And in a very short time, maybe less than a week, she raised a million dollars. And, of course, she got a lot of resistance from whiny liberals. And she's fighting this. She says, look, this recent battle that we face is not just an attack on Donald Trump, but it's an attack on the way we are dealing with fairness and due process that every American deserves. So I say, you know, kudos to her. What do you think? I say kudos to her, too, if she wants to raise money for Donald Trump. Absolutely. And liberals are going to complain about everything when it concerns Donald Trump. Uh, the There was a story today that yesterday the paperwork was done on this New York case, and right now Donald Trump is uh, looking at over $450 million that he's got to come up with, or some portion of it. It's got to be bonded, I believe. So they are, his lawyers had asked for a delay earlier this week so that they can make an orderly approach to dealing with this, this, this incredibly unfair fine after this kangaroo court that was there. And of course the judge said no. They are trying to, it is very apparent, and it should be apparent to everyone. They are trying to bankrupt Donald Trump personally. They are trying to destroy Donald Trump's businesses. They are trying to destroy Donald Trump's family and their ability to make a livelihood. This is no holes barred. This is this is what the liberals used to call the blood sport. They want to destroy him. They want to destroy his family. They want to destroy their ability to earn a living. They want to destroy and take away everything that this man has worked for. This is this is a warning to anyone who dare stand up against the establishment, the swamp in D.C., the power structure that exists now. Some people call it the Uniparty. Other people uh, look at it. Look, Donald Trump has already said what he intends to do in a second term, that he wants to bring this sprawling, overreaching government under control in some ways, bring some accountability with the millions of employees. The unions are already upset. I read some of the government trade publications, and they're petrified that Donald Trump is actually going to demand accountability from government workers. Well, what does that tell you? And then you look at some of the other changes that he wants to make. This They are, in, they are so horrified that Donald Trump is once again raising the specter of NATO nations paying their dues. NATO nations are required to pay 2% of their GDP toward their own defense, 2%. Many of them have not and will not. 
They would rather the United States continue to pay the bill, American taxpayers, for the defense of Europe. And Donald Donald Trump has said, no, no way. We're stupid to be doing this. And yet you have the establishment raising up like Donald Trump is some kind of nut for actually demanding that Europe pay for their own defense. Why? Why? Who's making money here? And if you don't think that money is to do with everything that a lot of what is involved here in almost every single aspect, that's what Rush used to tell us all the time. Follow the money. Follow the money. There are a lot of people getting rich. Speaking of getting rich, you see NVIDIA stock is climbing up. What, what was it? Almost a $2 trillion, $2 trillion? More than Google, NVIDIA. You know who makes out like a bandit on NVIDIA stock? The Pelosi's. For some reason, they invested right before one of those favorable uh, uh, pieces of legislation pushed the stock up. And I think I read something that just on the transactions alone over the last few days, they cleared another $2 million in profit off of uh, NVIDIA stock. For those of you that don't know, NVIDIA is one of the, in the computer trade, they make some of the hardware that goes inside a lot of the computers, the video cards and so forth and so on. They make the AI chips. Aha. And the Bitcoin. Okay, so NVIDIA is all over the place. Here's that other story. New York fraud judgment against Trump finalized. They want $454 million with interest. The finalized judgment against Donald Trump in the civil fraud case was officially filed yesterday, showing the former president owes New York State more than $454 million for committing large-scale business fraud. Fraud, really? 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 What they're saying is he overvalued his properties. Guess what? The banks do their own diligence. The banks okayed the loans. Banks didn't get hurt. Nobody got hurt here. And yet... Nobody, even if he did what they said he did, nobody got hurt here. And yet they want to 400 and they want half a billion dollars in fines. And this judge has been unrelenting, hostile to Trump from the very beginning. Letitia James, the so-called attorney general of New York, announced that she was going after Trump before He was even in the Oval Office. This whole thing has been nothing but a sham, but they this is the way Democrats roll. They will destroy you. They will try to destroy your family. They will try to make sure that they reduce you to absolutely nothing if they can. This cannot stand. Anyway, we're going to take a break. More of your telephone calls coming up in the next hour. Again, we are going to check in with Princess Di. We're going to check in with America's small caffeinated mom, and we're going to keep going with your telephone calls. Birthday today from Lonnie Turner. Time is passing in the future very, very quickly on WABC. 
Lonnie Turner, bassist with the Steve Miller Band. This one from 1976, Fly Like an Eagle. It's a heavenly birthday. He passed away in 2013. The music lives on. WABC. There she was, just walking down the street singing. Paul Jones, born today, the English singer, actor, harmonica player, radio personality, and TV presenter. With Manfred Mann. In 1964, this one rocked out. Went to number one. Heading back to the telephones, Andrew in New Jersey. You're on WABC Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. My friend. Good. Uh, How are you doing? Co-worker. She, in the past, worked with Oprah, and she's white, and she never had any problems or said she was prejudiced. But I heard Spike Lee, my other friend, was the lighting guy, and he worked on a Spike Lee film, but that was the word that Spike Lee didn't like, the whites. But we all already knew that. <laughs> But um, oh, here we I, go again. I'm just gonna say this about to, Spike Lee. I'm gonna say this about Spike Lee too. And I can't stand it, y'all making me defend these liberals. I I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. It just bothers me. But le- I just don't like this idea when people say this person doesn't like white people. This person doesn't like black people. This look, we don't know what is in other people's hearts. And so unless they tell us, now there are some people we do know that don't like white people because they say it. For instance, for instance, I got one right here for you. Now this one, to me, no doubt. You want to say this woman doesn't like certain white people? Okay, I'm going to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm with you. California professor, no stranger to controversial opinions, speculated it might be racist to be a Taylor Swift fan. Her name is Malina Abdullah. Why do I feel like it's slightly racist to be a, twi- a Taylor Swift fan? She That she posted that on X. This woman is a professor of Pan-African Studies at Cal State in Los Angeles. She's a self-described Black Lives Matter organizer, a Pan-Africanist, whatever that means, a hip-hop scholar. Hmm, I study hip-hop, Okay. She describes herself as a daughter of God. Really? With those hateful views? Uh, uh, A womanist? A womanist? What the hell is a womanist? That sounds like something I would be. I'm a womanist. 
I like women. Uh, a true teller mama. <laughs> when asked about her quote that she thinks it's slightly racist to be a Taylor Swift fan, she says, I said feel, not think. I'm glad she made that distinction. Kind of like that feeling I get when there are too many American flags. So too many American flags are kind of racist. And if you're a Taylor Swift fan, according to this woman, you're a racist. Now, if you want to tell me, uh, Andrew, that this woman doesn't has a thing about white people, I'd be inclined to believe you. Anyway, that's not what you're calling about. What did you call in about? Say it concerns Trump, but also concerns you, because you might be introducing Trump at a rally in the Bronx or somewhere. Trump with the uh, caucus, with the, um, not caucus, but the black conservative group. He uh, did well. I listened to it yesterday. But when he talks about prison reform, he always leaves out that it's Joe Biden's bill from 1994, a crime bill that he's reformed. He reformed the sentencing aspect with the disproportionate for crack cocaine. So he always leaves that out. And when he talks about school choice, he always he leaves out that it's the Democrats that fight against school choice. And um, with the crime bill, too, I forgot, too, not to make fun of somebody that has an addiction, his son, but. The irony is that Biden stood on the Senate floor with uh, what was supposed to be crack cocaine and said he doesn't want that person near his family. He wants them locked up for 10 years. So actually his own son doesn't even get arrested, (laughs) not only not locked up. So Trump needs to point out the school choice that that's blocked because of the teachers union and the crime prison reform that um, that is also was Biden's doing. He was one of the co-authors. So he needs to point those things out and also the platinum plan. But he did well, and I hope that you do meet him and introduce him. And can I just ask you a question about Oprah? And when I, as a, from a black perspective, I, it was probably great to see her in that prominent position. But when I saw it as a kid, I was wondering why black people were not offended by her because she would switch accents. She what I noticed is she copies Maya Angelou. She speaks, like, with a British accent, and then she would switch to, like, a Bronx, like a ghetto. And I'll do a quick... Look, I don't, look first of all, I never watched Oprah's show, but I'm glad for Oprah's success. I'm glad for anybody that can, see, can su- succeed in the media because it's a tough racket, and I say racket in a kind fashion. It's tough to really become huge in the media. I never watched the complete Oprah Winfrey show. Wasn't, I wasn't the demographic. And I don't know what a black perspective is. I mean, all black people supposed to think from one perspective? What the hell is a black perspective? I don't look at things like that. I don't, I, I mean, I wish we could stop this freaking obsession with race everything. A black perspective is a white For goodness sakes, people. We're human beings. How about looking at things from a human perspective? And I, as for Oprah... I don't have anything negative to say about Oprah. Oprah made it. Oprah has got her own issues that she deals with. Everybody has their own issues. I don't care how much money, how much success you have, you have issues that you're dealing with. I I have nothing against Oprah Winfrey. Her success speaks for itself. She must have earned it. Nobody gave it to her, that's for sure. And so I don't have anything bad to say about it. She Now, when she makes some liberal statement, do I have something to say about the statement she made? Yeah. But in terms of her success as a personality, I didn't watch Oprah. 
I don't have a perspective on Oprah, except I, she made it. She must have earned it. What's up, Diego? Wasn't she on the Epstein list, though, multiple times? Yeah, so? You think she was pettying around? Is that what you're saying she here? Might have, t- she might I'm not. I'm not saying she definitely was. Oh, she boy. Have, she definitely was on that. I wonder, I, the Countess of Conspiracy, I wonder if she's out here today, because let me tell you something. Uh, the Epstein list. Jeffrey Epstein knew a lot of people. Everybody that was with Epstein, and he was a big donor, and, you know, people hang on to money, people like like flies on a certain thing that they are attracted to. And just because everybody's hanging around Epstein doesn't mean that they were involved in the kind of ugly things that he was involved in. I want proof before we start slandering people. Hey, I'll, I'll you know, repeat. Like, I, I, don't I didn't know. say you were slandering. I'm just saying. I don't, I don't do that. I don't. It's like they, they could be tons of look. There are people that that if I have taken pictures with people, and one day somebody could come back and say, "Here's James Golden with a picture." I went blah 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 blah. blah. I don't even know half the people I take pictures with. Can I take a picture with you? Yeah, okay, take a picture. That could come back to bite me in my hiney. I don't know who some of these people are, and the same thing with 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 these people. They hang around millions of people or thousands or hundreds of thousands. It doesn't it, it doesn't mean anything. That's fair. Yeah, there's good and bad in everyone. Yeah, yeah one day they're going to be saying, one day they're going to be saying, I, you see me? I hung around Diego. I'm with Diego, world-famous musician Diego. Here's me right next to Diego. And, 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 and you better hope that that person that's, that's, Pretending to be your best buddy has a clean history. <laughs> That's all. Uh, WABC Talk Radio 77. Our number duo. So quickly. It's like we just started our number duo. And our number duo is in the can. We're going to check in with James Flippin in the news. And coming up in our number trio. Her Majesty, the one, the only. She started this Michelle Obama business. This is the woman that started it all. And I have receipts. I have the proof. And if this Michelle thing ever comes to pass, I'm going to hold her. Anyway, Princess Di will be with us, as well as America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock. And your telephone calls, Adam. I know you're out there. Do not hang up, Adam. In fact, Adam, when we come back from checking in with James Flippin' in the news, I'm coming right to you. I want to hear what you have to say about Donald Trump. Oh, I'm getting a text. She flew on the Lolita Express. So did a lot of other people. Where was she flying to? She has her own plane, you know. Maybe more than one. We're coming back in just a moment. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. I think I know what Caesar felt like. <clears throat> as the uh what is that day the ives of march 
I think I know what Caesar felt like. The whole, everybody, all of them, all of them. America's small caffeinated mom draws out her knife today. Lady Benedict draws out her knife. I wonder how Diana's going to spend her hundred bucks. That's what America, I have a bet with, with Princess Di that this Michelle thing's not going to happen. It's 100 bucks. So here I get from America's small caffeinated mom. I wonder how Diana's going to spend her 100 bucks. Yeah, A2, Brutus, you too. And then, of course, from, 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 from Lady Benedict. And why do I call her Lady Benedict? Because she's a traitor. Oh, you know, I've been on that Michelle Obama thing for a while, too. I'll be throwing the victory party for Princess Diana when this happens. They're mocking me. They're making fun of me. And they're all going to lose. I promise to get to the telephones when we got back with our number trio. We are back. Our number trio is underway. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. Adam in Nassau County. I take it Mineola is on the line. Adam, good morning. Good morning, sir. I just good morning. Yeah, man, I called all yesterday. I can't. That Friday is not good for me catching you, man. So I just got to try Saturday, man. Anyway, so far, House Republicans, they've been caught working with agents from China and Russia trying to take down an American president, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you believe yeah. that? Do you honestly yeah. believe that? Okay, yes, Adam, you go for you fall yes, for sir. anything, don't you? As long as the Democrats spin cut. Look, can we just can I just explain it to you like this, brother man? Listen. You got Joe Biden. He and his son are in trouble. The DOJ has been protecting their butts every step of the way. They've been try- they first tried to give him a rubber stamp sweetheart deal, Hunter. It didn't work out, so then they had to pretend that they're going to indict him. Now you got all this evidence. So what does Joe Biden's Justice Department do? They go and arrest the main guy, one of the main guys who's a whistleblower. And you think that there's, oh, this is absolutely legitimate. Everything here is above board. Adam, you honestly think that everything is above board with this. You do? This is a two-tiered justice system. Smirnoff yes, is it out is. with no bail. All right, Trump is out on bail to cite 91 indictments. On Bannon bail. is out on bail. Giuliani oh, is out on bail. Come on, Which man. Is the, like, his name is two-tiered. His name, his name is Rudolph Giuliani. Rudolph Let's the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. Oh, okay. stop being mean. I love Rudy, and you should too. Oh God! Why? Why? Because of his track two record. Black ladies. What? Hey, money. Adam. Shay Moss. Adam. Shay Moss. Adam. Money. Yeah. Adam. Yes, sir. Adam. I like. Let's be civil with each other, Adam. Anyway, go ahead with your point. We love Rudy. Just, Go ahead okay, with your point. I mean, that was the first one. So you, you find nothing. You find you find nothing suspicious at all when the DOJ ends up arresting the guy that is back, basically helping to support the case that Joe Biden's son is crooked as all get out. And you see nothing wrong with liar, that. Sir. The Biden administration. You don't know that. You don't know that. Jim Jordan and Comer are suckers, man. Oh, okay. What else you got for me, Adam? 
glad that I was finally getting through to you, man. I got laid off. So, you know, I'm going to ask you got John laid off. to give me a job. John Casamitidis, you hiring any, any more felons? John Casamitidis, I need one. I need a job. Number, did you get laid off for real? A hundred of us. A hundred of us, yeah. From where? From where at? Uh, the, oh, my uh, God. The, the airport. We drive buses at the airport, JFK. It's all right, though. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We have a vast audience out here. Now, Adam is in Long Island. If there are anybody hiring for Adam, Adam needs work. Adam is a great guy. Let's overlook the politics. We love this man. He is a hard-working, and I'm going to just say it, even though he's on the other side of the issue, on the other side of the aisle completely from me, I have no doubt that Adam is a patriot. Why? Because Adam believes strongly in his country. We differ 100%, but I know that Adam loves this country. I just can't believe the way that he expresses it sometimes. But this is a great guy. So if anybody is in a position to hire Adam, just drop your name off with us and a number where Adam can reach you. And the next time Adam comes in, we'll pass it along to him. Adam needs work, folks. Somebody out there is hiring out on Long Island. Let's get Adam a great job. This man is a really good guy, and we love him. Anything? Now, you want to do some more Trump bashing here, Adam? Nah, that's good for today. He got to pay $111,000 every day he misses for interest. <laughs> you just... <laughs> yeah. Are you, you, are so, you are happy about this, aren't you? I bet you Black Lives Matter now. Letitia James got his ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't just say that. No, you didn't just yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sure did. You know. Oh, what are you going to say when all this is appealed? And Letitia James one day is standing before a courtroom for the Come on, bro. Come on, room. bro. That ain't happening, bro. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you don't think that these stuff. You know? I'm not begging for too much stuff. I believe in justice in this country. And what has happened here is an injustice, Adam. I'm so, you guys are having your Schadenfreude moments now, but this will not stand, Adam. It's not going to stand. This will be All appealed the in the right thing. Got, huh? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All the charges, mm-hmm. all the lawsuits. All of them. E.G. All Channel. of them, Adam. Everything is going All down. of them. Okay. All of them is are going to be appealed, Christ? Adam. He must be Jesus Christ No, now. he's, he's not. No, Jesus let's Christ. not blaspheme. Let's That's not right. blaspheme. He's a sinner. Let's he's not sinner blaspheme. We all are right. sinners. We all are right. sinners looking to become better. Let's not blaspheme, okay. my friend. Adam, I love you. Got to go. You have a good day. Adam, we're gonna hopefully you're gonna find work really soon, my friend. I hope we can help somewhat in some way. Derek, this one's for you. Anytime I play Roberta Flack now, I think about you. Of course it would be better if Donnie Hathaway, who Derek never heard of before we played it. And we love Roberta Flack here. New York's Roberta Flack. Nineteen seventy three. Roberta Flack scores her second. Number one hit with this one. Five weeks, it stayed at the top of the charts. Lori Lieberman. 
collaborated with uh, Roberta Flack on this one. It was born of a poem she wrote after experiencing a strong reaction to the Don McLean song, Empty Chairs. She first heard the record during a, a, an airplane flight. She performed it the first time live when she was out on tour with Marvin Gaye. Marvin told her, hey, record this version before you do it again live. She recorded it. Went to number one. You know, that's a good idea. Maybe Donald Trump will give Adam a job. Maybe we ought to apply for Adam with Donald Trump organization and see whether Trump would give Adam a job. Roberta. The one, the only, Roberta Flack on WABC. We love you, Roberta. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, the moment I have been waiting for. <laughs> the royal ness of all royal nesses is here with us right now. Her Highness Ness, and she's got a lot of Ness, all right? And I'm going to ask the Ness about a lot of stuff out here today. Uh-oh. <laughs> and she's turned my whole, everybody, Lady Benedict. Now we got America's small cabin. You know, Diane is right. You know, Diane is right. Okay, we just see how you guys can get your Boy, I cannot wait to win this one. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice, Sir James. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You started this whole thing. I'm never going to let anyone forget it. And Michelle, if Michelle Obama ever gets near the White House, near it, it's on you. You will rue the day. <laughs> Listen, I was not in any way uh, uh, making the case that it should happen. I was making the case that watch out. It's possibly going to happen that she is going to end up being the Democrat nominee. And I noticed that a year and a half ago. And so I wrote about it. That I had six uh, things I was observing. And it's not my fault that it was persuasive to people on your staff. <laughs> it's your fault. Um, okay. So I read this story today. You read it. I could not believe what I was reading. Democrats want to go J6. The Democrats <laughs> want to go J. You have to tell people what this is about, Diana. This is hysterical. It is so 
hilarious. This is a, an article in the Atlantic, which is a, you know, left-wing rag. And the, the, the headline tells you how Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't. And the subhead is, without clear guidance from the court, House Democrats suggest that they might not certify a Trump win on January 6th. The, the article is written with the assumption that Trump is going to win the presidency and that the Democrats may well uh, take control of the House of Representatives. And the scenario is that if the Supreme Court doesn't weigh in in clear language declaring Trump eligible to be on the ballot, that the Democrats in the House of Representatives will not believe he is eligible, and so they will not certify him on January 6th. And so all of the things that all of these suits and these charges are against Trump, most of them, regarding his, uh, you know, decisions on after the election uh, in 2020. And that is the very thing they're planning to run on their own. And it's not the first time. In 2000, in 2004, in 2016, there were a lot of Democrats who tried to stop the certification of this is of the electors for Republican presidents. And so everything that's been happening since the 2000 election and all of the things they've been complaining about, the end of democracy, that's all out the window. Erase that. Now, this is obviously a necessary plan for Democrats to do because clearly Trump is not eligible. And if the Supreme Court does not rule correctly in their mind, then the Democrats in the House are going to have to make sure he doesn't make it on the ballot. And it is so hilarious because does this not remind you of the Lisa Page, Peter Strzok conversation that was revealed after the um, 2016 election. This right. was uh, an email that uh, correspondence that went from the FBI lawyer, Lisa Page. She was worried Trump's not ever going to become president. Right, right. And Peter Strzok, who was the agent in charge of overseeing the Russia collusion hoax, responded, no, no, he won't. We'll stop it. And that yep. is the mindset of the entire left and the entire Democrat Party. It doesn't matter what the facts are, what the, you know, they'll use whatever argument they need to use, whatever tools that they, levers of power that they control, and they will do everything without any kind of internal boundaries on their own behavior, ethical, spiritual, or otherwise, or legal. They are going to do whatever's necessary, and they are there are Democrats quoted in this Atlantic piece of how they can, in good conscience, you know, certify the electors if it's Trump. And so this is the plan that's now being put in place if indeed they win the majority in the House of Representatives and Trump wins. And so and they need to be made fun of. This has to be made fun of, laughed at, laughed out of court. And laugh out of the court of public opinion, most of all. Wouldn't it be ironically funny if it's Kamala Harris in the Senate that they depend on to try to stop the certification of Donald Trump? It would just be hysterical. Anyway, let me uh, move quickly and ask you to weigh in. I have a few things for you. So I'm just going to ask you quick takes on a few things. Alabama, 
and this ruling that embryos are what? Human beings. And the outrage, the left is outraged. By the way, they're saying this is their election issue. This is what's going to swing the election for them, that embryos are people. How outrageous to declare that embryos are actually living beings. How outrageous. And this, they think, will swing the election in their favor. What say you, Princess Di? Yes, the hysteria that uh, occurred immediately is is absolutely false. They are running on uh, uh, basically anti quote unquote Christian nationalism, and they are convinced, or they are trying to convince their voters that mean old Republican voters want to establish a theocracy. You know, tell everybody how to behave. And um, AOC came out and basically said this was all of a piece with uh, getting rid of Roe versus Wade. He, she says, I want to be clear, this was intentional. This is exactly what Republicans have been going for. Not only do they want to go after abortion, not only do they go after ro- reproductive freedom, they are going after IVF, the inter- uh, in They are going after contraception. They are they want to control recreational sex, she says. This is so clearly a patriarchal theocracy that's embedded itself in the Republican Party. So that's why you're seeing the hysteria on this issue. The interesting thing, you know, the the phrase hard cases make bad law. This was originally a case where the uh, clinic had someone wander into the frozen area and dropped the embryos. And the parents of several of those um, embryos went to court for, um, you know, the loss of their embryos. And the CNN story says the embryos were killed, used the word killed. And, you know, the trial court said no. Um, in vitro embryos do not fit within the definition of a person or child, but the Supreme Court reversed that. So this is a very tough case. The the original was to preserve and protect the parents' rights to the child in the clinic. And so the the Supreme Court now in Alabama has opened a can of worms, and uh, apparently this was expected on the left because they jumped on it immediately. And I think Trump's response is correct. He calls on the Alabama legislature to act quickly to preserve the availability of IVF in Alabama. We want to make it easier for mothers and fathers to have babies, not harder. And I think most people would agree with that. And I think the legislature in Alabama can correct this. The uh, Alabama attorney general is already saying that he is not going to pursue any cases on this. Okay. Now, let's talk Fanny. <clears throat> so, Fanny, it turns out that Da Fanny and uh, Mr. Wade, according to cell phone records, dug out by a Trump investigator may have lied under oath. They said that their uh, relationship was in a certain timeline, but apparently old Nathan was tapping to Fanny, or at least one might assume, because he shows up at a house at midnight, leaves at 4.30 in the morning, probably heads back. We went home. I don't know whether the wife that he kicked to the curb was there when he got there, and on more than one occasion. And you have all these thousands of text messages with them before and all this stuff. Uh, what do you think? Are things all of a sudden looking bad for Da Fanny, or uh, you think this is just going to go the way of uh, who cares? Well, 
We're talking Democrats. So Fanny and her paramour are Democrats. And so they have Democrat privilege. Now they have both obviously, and possibly, I should say, uh, perjured themselves because they declared that their relationship didn't start until later. And now there is actual evidence based on this investigation that they were in the same place at the same time many, many nights. And the volume of phone calls and text messages between the two of them was hot and heavy. So for a year before they claimed their relationship started. So if justice were to be done, they would both be in legal trouble themselves with the with the bar in that they may have to face any uh, accountability for perjuring themselves. How can the attorney general of the state perjure herself in the middle of the most important and politically sensitive trial and then continue in, its, in, in place? But I predict that's exactly what will happen. Aha. Okay. With time running out, your thoughts today on South Carolina. Now, South Carolina today, Nikki Haley, who cried, by the way, she misses her husband very desperately, and she cried when she brought up Michael being overseas. And, yes, that that happened. She cried. Uh, Nikki wept. And Nikki Wept is uh, saying she's going to stay in no matter what. But what happens in South Carolina today? What's the impact? And what is Nikki's path after uh, the if the election in South Carolina does not go in her favor today? The primary. Well, no, no one expects the election to go in her favor at all. She's going to get trounced. But she's already said ahead of time she's staying in. And the reason is she's got a lot of Democrat money and left wing money and and rhino GOP establishment money coming in to keep her in the race. There's no point to it other than dirty attempt to dirty up Trump, because as Gavin Newsom said, the governor of California, the Democrat, she, he said that she is the Democrats' most effective surrogate in that she is using left-wing talking points, left-wing attacks, none of which are true, and they're not in any way taking root in the Republican primary. But she gets media attention, and those stories then at least get some play. So that is the reason they're hoping on the left and the uh, Republican establishment to slow Trump down as much as is possible and make him wait until spending. He wants to pivot to the general and start spending money on, on attacking Biden, which he's able to do in some regard. But he still has this basic ankle biting problem of Nikki Haley nipping at his heels and being a distraction so that he can't focus as much as he can on the general election. So the point is the never Trump forces are attempting to slow Trump down. And as you've been able to see, nothing they've tried has made a dent in his momentum whatsoever. Wow. 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 So what happens with Nikki? Does she have a future? No. MSNBC will call. And she'll, she'll be on MSNBC. You think she's going to be one of their star analysts? Yes, that's the only outlet that she's got for her because she's done in Republican politics. 
And I don't think the Democrats actually, you know, they discard people very quickly when they've outlived their usefulness, like Kleenex. And, and she is going to be discarded as far as a real electoral possibility. She was talking about maybe doing one of these, you know, no labels tickets. And uh, I, I don't think she's going to. She has no constituency. There's nobody I've ever heard about who actually says, oh, man, if only Nikki Haley could get into power. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I think she'll end up being a MSNBC analyst. Wow. All right, Princess Di. Princess Di, I just want to thank you for something. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Remember this? Yes. Love that. You were the first person that told me about Nora Jones. We played this yesterday. There was, yeah, this one won the Grammys, won multiple Grammys that year. We played it yesterday. And I was just remembering, who told me about Nora Jones? It was you. You were the first person. I, you told me, I, you got to hear this woman. And when I heard this, it blew my mind. Yes, same. And she has a great pedigree. She's the daughter of uh, Rabbi Shankar. Yep, so and the half-sister of Anushka Shankar. Right. I don't know whether you've listened to Anush- Anushka's music, but I'm going to tell you, Anushka, can. she's amazing. <laughs> really? Yes. Look, look it up. Her half-sister, Anushka Shankar. Anyway, Crazy. thank you for this, Princess Di. Thank you, Sir Jim. The Princess of Policy, Princess Diana on WABC Talk Radio 77. Your call's coming up. And America's small caffeinated mom and traitor, uh, Rhonda Schrock. Also coming up on our Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. If you were with us in the first hour, Derek Hunter, D-E-R-E-K, Derek Hunter, columnist, podcaster, broadcaster, author, the last new guest host we ever had for Rush Limbaugh knows politics and social issues like nobody's business. He's amazing. Music, not so much. He called Carlos Santana a communist scum. And I remarked that Carlos is playing in his 70s like a 20-year-old. Listen to this guy. Carlos Santana, this is the day he won eight Grammy Awards. For the Supernatural album. Back in 2000. This is Carlos Santana. 
the amazing Carlos Santana, who defies age with his creativity. And I love this song, La Primavera. It's about freedom, it's about liberty. On WABC Talk Radio 77, heading back to the telephones, Isabel in Long Island. You're on with James Golden. Snurdy, how are you, Isabel? Hi, James. How are you? Doing well. James? What's on your mind? Oh, okay. Yes, it was... uh, yes. I wanted first. I wanted to tell Adam. I want Adam to be compassionate and to also try to go if he can find. Uh, he needs to go to the uh, the University of Rush. So he can, okay, mm. that's what he needs to do. He needs to, I, I don't know how he can find Russia's, you know, um, help, you know, some of the programming from the past, but he needs to, because he needs to think critically. What's happening to Donald Trump is bigger than Donald Trump. It is about the right. destruction of the fabric of the United States of America. Okay? Well said. When you have... When you have, when you can go after your opponent, and you know through you through the judicial system, is destroying what America has stood for. Also, I want to tell you, Trump. I mean, not Trump. Sorry, Rush was the one who introduced me to License to Lie, about how the DOJ went after Ted Stevens. A lot of the executives, you know, who um, from Anderson. I mean. They even went after the former governor of Virginia, Bob McDonald. They, they, they neutralized him. The man will not go back into office. They have done this in the past. And so when you can do this and, and think that it's okay, and they usually do it to Republicans, and it's not right. When they know that they can get you, they're going to do it. You know, Rush one time said something, and, I, and I still, I'm still trying to figure it out. He said, they, what they want to do is they want to take away our vote, our rights to vote. They want to take voting. He said he, the, what he said, what he said, Isabel, and I did not understand it at the time either. He said Democrats want to destroy elections in this country. They want to take away elections. And that is exactly what they are doing. I get it now. What they are telling everybody is Okay, you may have an election, but it won't be election. We will take your candidates. We will destroy your candidates. We will weaponize the federal system to not only weapon to, to not only destroy the people that we don't like, like Donald Trump, but to make sure to send a message to any of you who are thinking about running. This is what we will do to you. And everything that you said about Bob McDonald in Virginia, everything you said about Ted Stevens, it took the Supreme Court to overturn those outrageous, outrageous persecutions. And by the way, you go look at who was involved in Ted Stevens, you'll see Bob Mueller. You'll see Richard Mueller. I'm sorry. You see these heroes that the Democrats tout out. This guy, Jack Smith, I believe, was also involved in either the Virginia case or some of the other. This is you are absolutely right. They are aiming to destroy the very fabric of our judicial system by t- using the judicial system as a weapon to defeat opponents politically that they cannot beat at the ballot box. Let me give you the last word, Isabel. 
Yes, you know, it's true. And, you know, and it's it's really sad. Um, I mean, but I, to me, listen, you know, I've called you before. I, I came here as a little girl from Cuba. The one thing that I, they, were, they always taught me, think critically and read between the lines. You know, I value and cherish this country. And I, I was, I've been here like, look, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 65 in, in, uh, in October. And I came here back in 1971. My dad came here in 66. If my dad was alive now, he won't even, I can even, I cannot fathom. I talk to a lot of people and uh, all of us, I just, I, we cannot, we don't, we don't understand what's, what's happening. And by the way, you don't recognize this nation. You don't recognize the America you see playing out before your eyes right now. Correct. And, and I want to tell you about Michelle Obama. I, I told a lot of my friends who happen to be black like me, if you guys vote skin color again, I'm done. I'm not, listen, stop with the nonsense. Okay. Vote your policy and vote your interest. Vote what's, what's good for you and your family and what you stand for. Enough. So I don't think, I don't care what Michelle Obama comes on, on the board, it's not going to happen. I'm gonna, I am going to talk to all my friends and let them know. Amen. We love you, Isabel. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let us go to George in Rockland County. Got to make it quick, George. George, what's hello, on your mind? Uh, hello. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. So, uh Two issues, uh, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Which one would you prefer to start first? Go with Nikki real quick. It's South, it's South Carolina Day. She's going to be, uh, you know, dealt with by the voters in her state. Okay, I'll also like to talk about Donald Trump, okay? But, uh, okay, Nikki Haley, all right? So uh, I see all the backing she gets, and it's obviously, as you noted, clearly a lot of it's come from the Democrats and the big pocket Democrats. So... Doesn't she realize at the point, let's say that her wish will come true, and she'll be the, she'll be the only one standing on the Republican, and I don't think it'll ever happen, but let's, say, let's go with her way of thinking here, okay? Doesn't she realize that at this point, all those uh, Democrats that are backing her right now, they're all going to drop, and she'll stay with, with nothing? I mean, yep. uh, come on. I mean, I mean it, it, it's so clear, okay? It, they will not keep giving her money while she's running against Democrats. It doesn't make any sense. So, so why does she keep going to something? This is the question. Something? Why? I know you want to talk about Trump, but time is scarce. I got to get America's small caffeinated mom on so she has enough time, too. So, George, we're going to stop it right there. We're going to head to a break. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other side of the break, America's small caffeinated mom. And then more of your calls. But there'll be rapid phones, so you got to get to your point quickly. Seal takes us in. Coming right back. Do not go away. You became the light on the dark side of me. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Two thousand nine, ladies and gentlemen, Duke Ellington in the news. The United States Mint launched a new coin featuring... American composer, pianist, band leader, Duke Ellington. He became the first African-American to appear by himself 
on an American circulating coin. Later, 1999, he was uh, water. 1999. Back then, he was awarded a posthumous Pulitzer Prize Special Award for Music. And of course, Republican President Richard Nixon had honored him as a national treasure back when he was there. But the one, the only, Duke Ellington. American genius. Time now to check in with Rhonda Schrock, America's small caffeinated mom. America's small caffeinated mom, how are you? And traitor. How are you? Oh, caffeinated, actually. I'm caffeinated. So, you know, I'm a better person when I'm caffeinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yes, is why I, I get this. Yes. Which is why I get these notes during my show about how I'm, you're going to. So, uh, anyway. Okay. I What's know. On you know, we love you, James. We we just love to tease you. Um, I know. I wonder how Diana's going to spend her hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So much fun. We have fun here. You know, we talk a lot about a lot of serious and weighty topics, but we have a lot of fun. And so like Mary Poppins saying, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So that's what we do. But what's on my mind, James, uh, this week's essay is called The Grand Advantage. I, I saw this week that it, it was uh, the six-year anniversary of the death of Billy Graham the greatest evangelist probably that the world has ever known. Um, He died in his mountain home in North Carolina, exhaled mountain air one last time and inhaled that heavenly air at the age of 99. Uh, I looked at his resume. It was, it was amazing. He spoke to at least, uh, I think it was about 215 million people live in his crusades many more millions of people through all the forms of technology. He was a prolific writer, uh, just very accomplished. And the amazing thing about Billy Graham was that his appeal spanned religious and secular arenas. That's very hard to do. Uh, President sought his counsel. You know, he grew up in the Depression. His father lost almost everything during the Great Depression. But his parents were people of faith and of prayer. And I thought that the secret to Billy's incredible life was prayer. And it started with at least the prayers of his parents. I don't know how far back that went, but his parents were people of prayer. And his father used to uh, meet with businessmen in Charlotte. They would walk around the town and they would pray for the city. They would pray for God to send revival to Charlotte, to their state, and then further on to the nation. Well, one day, this is such an interesting prayer. They call it the prayer that was heard around the world. He invited the businessmen to their farm. And they were standing out in the pasture praying. And one man spoke up and said, what, why don't we ask God to raise up someone from Charlotte to go out to the ends of the earth and carry the gospel? Well, 15-year-old Billy is doing chores in the barn and is completely oblivious to what has just been set in motion as those men were praying. Six months later, a traveling evangelist came through. He attended the meetings. He gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ, who Adam just mentioned, and, and it went from there. So I thought, James, about the grand advantage we have when we have praying parents or praying grandparents. Um, Grant and I have experienced the power of prayer in the lives of our family, our children. So we know what it does for our children. It is uh, it's an advantage. It's like that I can't, I can't articulate 
it is it's so much wind at your back james it's calling down the divine favor and help of the almighty um there's so much power in it what what i thought on as i pondered billy's life and the grand advantage of having praying parents is that there are probably people in our listening audience who did not have that advantage and so to them i want to say you don't have to fear that you have missed out because it's never too late to begin praying on your own for yourself for your for your children and if you have not been a praying parent you can become one i'm thinking that probably faith and prayer will be off-putting to some because it makes no logical sense and they feel they have to be some kind of a saint and that isn't true Um, in fact the bible tells us that all you need is a kernel of faith the size of a mustard seed that will move mountains and i can attest that Billy Graham actually through his life spoke about the prayer the prayers of his parents and he said what a comfort it was for me to know that no matter where I was in the world my mother was praying for me I had a son out in the world I mean around the world Uh, he's on his third passport and so he was so far out of my reach but it occurred to me one day that God could go everywhere that I as his mother could not and I could access that power through my prayers and he kept him through all of his travels and brought him back safely. Um, something else Billy said that struck me was that his mother taught him not only how to live, but she showed him how to die. And she died with grace and dignity, still maintaining that daily connection with God. And so Billy talked often about being ready to die. He spoke about this all the time, even as he was offering the hope and comfort that is found in Christ. He would he would admonish people to be ready to die. And the one sentence that just struck me like a hammer blow, he said, make an appointment with God. And I want to encourage our listeners, make an appointment with God. He He doesn't, he's a gentleman. He never goes where he's not invited. And so all we have to do is ask him to come in, to come into our lives, and he transforms us. And I want to speak to our dear Adam. I I don't know if Adam had praying parents or not, but I want Adam to know that I'm a mother and I have prayed for him. And I want God to show Adam how much he loves him and how highly he regards him. And I want him to find Adam a job. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you. And I'm going to just say something to you. I have shared with my my one of my elder cousins, Chucky, Chucky T, the fact that our grandmother, and we all knew this, our grandmother every morning, 4.30, 3.30 in the morning, would be on her knees praying sometimes for up to an hour. And mm-hmm. I share with my cousins, those prayers are still sustaining this family that she put up. And uh-huh. so you, when you talk about praying parents and grandparents, you touch the nerve there. Uh, Rhonda, where can people people find your essay this week? Yes, the Grand Advantage is on the dailybs.com. Um, hopefully it will be a source of encouragement and of hope. Actually, there's all the hope in the world because hope is a person, and Billy Graham knew him, and so do I. America's small caffeinated mom. My, and people can find you in cyberspace, Rhonda yes, Schrock. Absolutely. Yes, RhondaShrock.com. RhondaShrock.com, and that is S-C-H-R-O-C-K. I always tell people we are two C. Shrocks, not one C. Shrocks. <laughs> there you go. So, thank, thank you, Rhonda. Yes. As always, we'll such later. a pleasure. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Joan in New Jersey, you've been waiting a while. Thank you for your patience. How are you this morning, Joan? Okay, thank you, Bo. I'm waiting for you to play some of Gary Moore, who was the favorite guitarist of Van Halen and Clapton, and who, uh, if you listen to his version of Hendrix's Red House, it will blow you away. And what did he have that the rest of them didn't have tone, melody, and passion? Melody, for me, uh, was the key. I couldn't listen to blues guitar uh, until I heard him, and it just blew me away. So some of his other songs are Parisian Walkways, Separate Ways, uh, Love Can Make a Fool of You. He was just the best. Wow, Gary Moore. Joan, thank you for waiting to share that with us. And I have heard, you know, I have to say, I haven't listened to Gary Moore yet. But I will. Um, I've been. I've heard. I, I know the name. I've read about him. So this has just been a wonderful call. Thank you, Debbie in Staten Island. You're up next. What's on your mind this morning? Hi, Bo. Uh, the uh, Democrats always play that show their card. Putin has nothing on Trump. It's the opposite way around. In the Ukraine, they have something on Biden. That's why I feel they keep on funding that war. Boom. Thank you. Well said and brevity. Wonderful. Sandy in Westchester, you are up next on WABC. Thank you, Bo. Just two quick comments. I know it's off topic, but I'd love to see you get some kind of time slot to play play your choice of music because it's the best. And you know what, Bo? We can use that in between all this other crap over that we're hearing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, every time I, I hear your music, I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. But anyhow, and a quick comment. I like Adam. I don't know the guy, but he seems like a nice guy. I'd I love to see him get a job with Trump. That would be something. That would be amazing. In fact, that came through. Maybe you should ask Trump for a job. Neil, in Brooklyn, New York, you are up next. Good morning, Bo. Um, yeah, with all due respect to your opinion and, and to your very good intentions, when you have mm-hmm. someone who gleefully applauds the theft of property, as um, mm-hmm. that first caller today applauds the state robbing Donald Trump, I don't mm-hmm. see how that person makes a good hiring candidate. You know, as an employer, how would you ever trust a person who's cool with uh, with robbing you? Hmm. Interesting. Well, look here. Adam has a good heart. Now, Adam may be misguided with his politics, and he is. But I'm going to tell you something, and I I do not use this word lightly. I have 100% faith that Adam says what he says due to his own somewhat misguided idea that America should be, he is a patriot, in my view. Disagree with him 100% on politics. But I don't doubt that Adam loves this country, and I, I just I love the guy, even though he's a total liberal. And it's okay. We can love people that, that are just 100% opposite from where we are politically, and it's still okay. Uh, as for him being a good employee of Trump, well, you know, I'm not sure about that. Uh, John, thank you for the call, Neil. John in Long Island, you're up next. Hey, Bo, thank you so much for taking my call, and I love the music you play and how you speak about it. That's great information, and I like hearing that, and you've got a great taste of music, too. Um, what I want to talk about is Trump and what you said before about worrying about Nikki Haley. Forget about Nikki Haley. There's no chance in her winning. Just focus on your accomplishments like every Republican should and focus on your opponent, which is the Democrats. And one more thing is the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and the Democrats are the tool of the devil. Thank you. 
Uh, Gracie in Rockland County. Gracie, my Gracie, you're going to wrap it up for us. What's on your mind, okay, I'll Gracie? Go, I'll, I'll go quick. The never, the never Trumpsters are the Republicans. They, it is personal. They don't like him personally. How can they not realize the benefit of his policies? And let me tell you, when the general election comes, so Democrats would never vote for Haley the way they, they praised, what's his name, McCain, McCain. Remember back then? But when yep. Bush came to shove, who did they vote for? They didn't vote for McCain. And I'm sorry to say that ordinary people like me, which I consider ordinary, the, the rank and file, if you don't realize this country sucks, you're, you're brain dead. And on that, I'll say I love you. Bye-bye. I love you, Gracie, my Gracie. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back Monday for Boston Early's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. Until then, my friends, bye.